right, welcome to another podcast edition of White Collar Crimes. I am Ryan Horn, the host. As always, thrilled to have you aboard. You know, it seems to be a theme lately with the bad weather and things. It, you know, you don't want to sound like a broken record, but it just seems like every time I talk to you all that uh, we're under some type of heavy rain, flooding, and that just seems to continue here, and we can't seem to catch a break. So I hope that turns around soon because it's uh, starting to get kind of serious in spots where I'm at, and you, the weather's goofy all over, really. I have a friend that's probably listening to this out in Los Angeles, and they had a tornado recently. By the time you hear this, it's uh, you probably know what I'm talking about, but that was the first time in about 40 years they have had a tornado in that area and they're having one there and as a lot of you've seen they have been hammered in that part of the world with rain and heavy rain and flooding as well as well as heavy snow in a lot of parts especially from what i've seen in northern california so strange things going on all over so hopefully as i say a lot of times i hope you're safe and dry where you are at because not the case here and it's it's certainly strange because six plus months ago or so six months give or take a couple months it was a very serious drought here late summer and in the fall that I had you know here in the lower midwest so I don't know certainly a very much a turnaround of events from what happened before this is a case we'll have on this episode today tonight depending on when you are hearing this you probably haven't heard a whole lot about it but uh Outside of the New York area, I don't think it got a whole lot of publicity or press or anything like that. But it's certainly a story that does need to be told. Now, this is going to cover someone that raided a union pension. And this is not an episode to debate, you know, pro or uh, con of unions. I am, you know, pro-union because I belong to one even to this day at my day job. And I've had a lot of law enforcement jobs where I belong to a union. And it's certainly been beneficial to me over the years I have no doubt I would not have gotten the pay or benefits or anything that I've had anywhere near that level without one and there's a lot of jobs I've seen out there that are like that and I'm thankful for over the years a lot of work they did certainly uh, back in the day where they helped get shorter work days and better conditions and fighting child labor and a lot of things now it's not to say they don't have their downfalls certainly they've had their downfalls as well it caused probably some strains on some government budgets in places and we know sometimes uh, various union leaders being involved in organized crime so I'm not saying they're completely without blame but I certainly am thankful for what it's done for my life but I can't imagine the horror if I get to the end of the time for me to retire and I find out that those entrusted to be in charge of my pension that I've paid into have raided it and there's nothing there and that's exactly what happened to the Sandhogs That was a nickname of the Local 147 in New York. And these were members that dug tunnels underground for New York City for transportation, you know, piping, whatever, all these types of things that that go on in a huge city like that. These were the men and women that rolled up their sleeves and went underground and blasted away and made that happen. Dangerous, but certainly a well-paying and respected job. And the chief admin of the New York Local 147 was a lady by the name of Melissa King. That's not a household name. You probably haven't heard anything on on her much, 
But again, this is a story that needs to be told because it's kind of scary to think that this could happen to a lot of you listening. I know it certainly could to me with the position that I'm in right now. But it was a large union in New York of over a thousand members. Like I said, these members dug tunnels under the city for subway, for pipes, electricity, whatever that was needed to be done. These are the ones that went under ta- underground and blasted through and made this happen. And that's how they got the nickname, the Sand Hogs. And again, very dangerous work. And the union, I'm sure over the years, saw to it that for that dangerous type of work, they got very good pay and benefits. You know, I can relate to that. It's very similar in my area the coal miners my grandfather was a coal miner and i know the unions certainly fought for them to get better pay and benefits because they do a lot of that just there go underground and a lot of blasting and tunneling and very much putting their lives at risk and the pay and benefits are good but these are the types of jobs that come with a lot of risk and they should be rewarded accordingly and that's what the unions i think in these cases fought to ensure Not a whole lot is really known about Miss King other than she was born in Chicago and she moved to New York City as an adult. And in New York City, she started a claims processing business, which can be a lot of money in that, I understand, if you're really good at it. Before she landed the role of the sole administrator of the Sandhogs union account. Now, how a union that size only has one person overseeing it is kind of puzzling, and that was their fatal error, as you'll see as this story unfolds, that that's kind of what brought them down. You would think that a union of that size, you would want to have several people at least, or a handful of people at least, seeing it where they are accountable. Because as we've seen, uh, we had the case of the lady up in uh, Dixon, Illinois, that raided the city funds for a long time because she was the only one, I think it was Rita Crunwell was her name, only one that was in charge of these accounts. And when nobody's watching, there are people that will embezzle and treat themselves to live in the high life. That's what Cronwell did, and that is what Melissa King did. Only one in charge of this count, a thousand members paying in all over the city. So that over a thousand members, so they certainly probably were taking in pretty good money. So with no oversight or check and balance, she simply began to embezzle tens of millions of dollars between the periods expected of 2002 to about 2008. So this is in New York. This is 2002. This is the year after 9-11 when the city's been leveled as it is and doesn't need any more problems to have to deal with. This is what happens at this point. She takes over the as the administrator for this pension, and with nobody to, as I said, provide any oversight or check and balance, she simply begins to begins to embezzle this money. Now, a huge chunk of this, and this is odd, this is kind of like the Cronwell case we talked about a little bit ago, but a huge chunk of this would also go to finance her obsession with horses. And that's what, again, Rita Cronwell, the treasurer in uh, Dixon, Illinois, did. She had a an obsession with horses, and she raced them, and I think bred champion horses, and that's a uh, very expensive hobby, so you need someone to finance that most of the time, or at least the finances to do it, and being a treasurer or you know, the admin of a union account, that's probably not going to bring in that kind of a money. So they found it in that regard. So both of them like to ride fancy horses and be involved in all those kind of things with uh, equestrian events and things like that. So that's what uh, she did that was very similar to Rita Cronwell. In fact, 
about 5.5 million, even a little over that possibly, was expected that she funneled from this union account just to finance her horse obsession. 5.5 million that these men and women went underground and blasted and put their lives at risk to make New York a more technologically advanced and better place. And that 5.5 million they paid in that, expecting to be there in their retirement years, was instead done to finance her obsession with fancy horses. And she also lived rather lavishly with expensive gifts uh, for herself, including jewelry, art, extravagant trips, a nice luxury apartment, and luxury cars. Now, I don't know what her excuse, it wasn't really reported, because you know people are going to get suspicious when somebody is living beyond their means, and I would think, again, the admin of the union would not be able to live that lavishly. I'm sure it paid a decent salary. But I know it didn't pay that well for her to live like that. Now, Rita Cronwell got away with hers for a while because she told people she inherited a large amount of money. I'm not sure what Miss King did to uh, offset any suspicions. It's not really been reported, but I know people had to have them when somebody who's an administrator of a union pension, even in a big city like New York, is living in a luxury apartment, has luxury cars, expensive jewelry, taking trips to exotic locales, all those kind of things. That, I would think, would have to throw up a lot of red flags for people. But it didn't, obviously, fast enough. But the union finally did get suspicious of her, and they fired her in 2008. Now, as I said, this is about six years after she's been on the job and she's been able to raid the union's pensions and raid these funds. But they discontinued their invest or they continued in their investigation though, and she wasn't arrested for almost a year later on November 30th, 2009. So she was fired the last day of the year, December 31st, 2008, and it was 11 months later before they actually were able to bring charges to her. So I'm not sure what she did during this year. I don't know if she just thought she was fired and wasn't expecting this to come, but the prosecution contended that she had stolen up to $40 million from the Sandhogs Local 147 Union. And as we said a little bit ago, $5.5 million of that was suspected to be just for horses, so over one-eighth of possibly what was taken was spent just on fancy horses. Now, she would eventually plead guilty to embezzlement and filing false income tax returns, as I'm sure she didn't report the money that she stole, And as we've reported many times on here, a lot of folks don't escape the tax man. But she was sentenced to just six years in prison. That's a fairly lenient term, I would think, for stealing $40 million. Now, I doubt she had any kind of criminal record or anything. There wasn't anything reported in that regard. But still, we've had other uh, subjects and other people we've covered on this podcast that didn't have a criminal record or much of one and got very lengthy sentences for similar type crimes or some possibly even less. I mean, $40 million, I guess, compared to some of the ones we've covered on here when you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars or a few of these that we've covered where the fraud was in the billions, Madoff comes to mind and some others, but six years for raiding this pension for six years is a, a pretty lenient sentence, really. I guess they gave her a year for each year she raided the pension. 
But as always, who was victimized in this? The working man and woman and the elderly. And we'll see a little bit more of that on the, a minute. But it was the hardworking folks that made this union work. It was these men and women that were going underground and, as I said, risking their lives to blast and tunnel and dig to advance the city and bring it forward in a more cosmopolitan manner. You know, whether it be the electricity, whether it be the subways or whatever was needed underground, these were the folks that made that happen. And you have to have people like that to make a city like that work. And they were the ones screwed out of that. One former member, actually, named John C. Donahue, Donahue, said after retirement he settled in Florida, which plenty of people we've covered in this podcast get victimized in Florida, and that seems to be a hot target area. Now, that's not where he was obviously at because he spent his life working for the union, but he thought he'd put in his dues, had retired, bought a house down in Florida, and was ready to enjoy the fruits of his labor over a lifetime. Well, sadly for him and hundreds of others in this union that didn't happen and the house that he bought in Florida he would end up having to lose and not be able to enjoy and spend his retirement years there because he lost his retirement savings in Miss King's fraud and he was forced to return to New York and to look for work at age 71 now think about that for a minute you've worked your whole life I don't know how many years he worked for this union but I'm sure it's a lot for him to you know retire and move down to Florida and buy a house and enjoy his hard work and imagine finding out that suddenly that money's not there because it's been siphoned and pilfered out by a con artist and you have nothing to live on so the dream house you've bought to retire and live the easy life you're going to have to forfeit that and then at age 71 having to go back home to New York and look for a job and that's not an age I don't care what your skills are, nobody wants to be out there looking for a job at age 71. I know, I hope I'm not in that situation, but you never know in this life. And this, you know, like I said, this could happen to me because I'll be depending on a pension that I've paid into many years through the union, and hopefully something's there when it's time for me to retire. But if something like this happens, who knows? So he was forced to come back to work. Now, fortunately for him, it was reported the union was able to help him and find a job. I'm not sure what type of job, if it was also with the local 147, but they were able to help him find work. And that's good that they helped take care of their former members like that. So hats off to the Sandhogs union for that. But who knows how many others were forced into this situation as well where it just wasn't reported. As I said, this really didn't get a whole lot of press from what I could tell when I was researching for this podcast outside the New York areas where this mainly got a lot of coverage. But his story really needs to be told nationwide because I know New York's not the only place that has union workers. There's a ton of them here in Illinois and a lot of states. And as I said, I have a friend listening in California, and California is a pretty heavily unionized state. And I know a lot of states in the Northeast are Massachusetts, New York, somewhat, you know. And so there are people out there that could as well have this happen to them so these warnings need to be sent out that this could happen to any one of us and who knows if some were as lucky or not some may have just lost everything and not been able to go back and find a job or get help but the prosecutor stated it cost the average member between $55,000 and $80,000 and the other frustrating thing for the ones 
we talked about what happened to Mr. Donahue, but there are also many members of this union that were getting close to retirement but had to forego it and keep working because this money was gone. So imagine, again, working, and we've already talked about how frustrating that would be in a situation like Mr. Donahue where you're retired and then find out you've been ripped off. But imagine the frustration as well when you're getting close and you're almost ready to wrap it up and you're ready to enjoy all the years of your hard work and sacrifice and live the good life for the things you fought and bargained for, and then bam, they're gone, all because of one person's greed and dishonesty and fraud and ruined that many lives. Because we don't know how many, it wasn't really said how many had that happen, but there were some that did have to continue working longer than they wanted to and had to forgo retirement because that money was not there. So some have had to delay that retirement and have had to continue working. And there were some, they said, that stated they may never be able to retire now. And that's a pretty scary thought, too, to have to keep working till you're dead. And there are plenty of people out there like that. And I fear that could continue to happen as inflation continues to rise and costs of things continue to rise. And a lot of people just simply may not be able to do that. And a lot of people may have to continue working. But prosecutors also noted that she showed little or what they called phony remorse at her sentencing. They said that she stated the union members, or she robbed the union members blind. And that's basically an understatement. But they said she showed little remorse, or again, phony remorse, to try to gather sympathy from the judge. But the judge at least didn't buy it. At least she did get something, although six years is not a long time. And she is out at the time of this, obviously. But her whereabouts that I'm that I'm seeing are pretty much known at this point. We don't know where she's at. Nothing been reported. Hopefully we'll not get a job in this position again where she'll have access to people's money in retirement or anything like that. But who knows, like we always say too, she can always go work in the background as a quote-unquote consultant and be able to rise up and rip somebody off again. We see that all the time and we talk about that in cases where people are some of these ones that do get out to be on lookout, not only for them, but all the people that you love and care about. I always say, especially the elderly folks and uh, friends and family that you have that you know, to keep an eye on them because they are the ones that are victimized the most and targeted on these white-collar crimes and these scams. And those are the ones we have to keep an eye on the most. And we want to continue to do this podcast and share the shine the light on cases like this in this Miss King's case here that hasn't gotten a great deal of publicity, but we want to make sure cases like this get the spotlight in the news too. We hear plenty about street crime, but these kind of cases need to be heard too. And we thank you for being part of that and tuning in each week. Well, I hope we do have coming up Good Friday and Easter here. Hope you will have blessed at both. Passover coming up if you celebrate any of these holidays. We wish you well on those. As I said, we will have clergy coming up on a special episode coming soon about uh, greed as far as being one of the seven deadly sins and from like a theological standpoint and going to have another one coming up too about a man who swindled people out of buying like a high powered dryer and in the end this is in the 80s they got a clothesline in the mail was the big scam we'll have that on our next one so we do appreciate you tuning in for this Uh, if you want to check out my website if you need voiceover work please check ryan-horn.com got an audio book that's set for release with cherry hills publishing any day now and hope you can 
check that out and also have one coming out with Beacon Audio Books as well. Please like our Facebook page, share our stories, give us a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple, wherever you're hearing this podcast. And also, if uh, you have an idea for the show or you want to be a guest on the show, we've had people email me for both. Please email me at ryanhornvt at gmail.com. Would love to have you on or have an idea for an episode. Again, we've had both happen on that. And as always, support your local pet shelter and adopt your next best friend from there because that's where it's at. Donate your time, your money. uh, Adopt your pets there. Don't support the puppy mills or anything like that. And your next best friend's waiting there. As I always said, my wife and I have adopted three dogs and two cats from our local shelters, and we've been very blessed for doing that and wouldn't have it any other way. So... We thank you for tuning in and hope you can uh, keep an eye out for everybody. Watch out because the scammers are out there, folks, and we want to try to continue to make sure people are aware of that. So we thank you for tuning in to this one, and we will see you next week again. Take care and God bless, folks.